trained under John Jock Machado, Sean Williams, Cobrina, three of the top coaches, not just in the Los Angeles and SoCal, but the world, arguably. And you uh, were able to teach uh, at Sean Williams' academy. You've gotten that itch to eventually open your own school. Now, at this point, um, how long have you been planning to open the Breakdown Academy? Quite a few years at this point, um, but I, it just always seemed like something that I would do later, and uh, probably like when I got my black belt, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, it just kept getting pushed off and pushed off, and uh, you know, I had a series of injuries that I really couldn't figure out what was happening, they just kept reoccurring, and it was really a, it was a really frustrating time. And then when everything got better, I just figured, well, you know, this is what I've always wanted to do anyway. I should just do it. And so I asked Cabrinha if, if it was okay to open up a gym. Um, you know, like I didn't want to like just open one like next door to him and him being like, what the hell? <laughs> That's not not very cool. But yeah, he was totally fine with it and, um, you know, said he'd help me out in any way possible. And he's, he's a really nice guy. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just looked around and found this place and uh, I can make this work so but it's <laughs> a lot more work than I thought it was going to be but uh, but it's good though it's it's good it's just really time consuming yeah I could imagine and um, we're definitely going to delve into all the different aspects of buying the mats and shortly and just all the different planning and marketing that goes into it but first I just want to ask you uh, what were you doing beforehand before you opened uh, the Breakdown Academy, were you just solely teaching? And... Um, I was, well, I was uh, working, I was a computer tech, was, mm-hmm. um, and I worked at, like, a, I guess it was an IT company, uh, just doing, like, random computer stuff, you know, <laughs> nothing like a, I wasn't, like, a Unix admin or anything, uh, but uh, I don't know, I just... It was just never for me. I, I felt like it was always taking away from what I really wanted to do, which was jujitsu. Um, and I'd already been teaching, so when I stopped that job, then I was just teaching for a little while and also doing personal training. And then I just decided I should I should just uh, dive in and go for it, open up my own place. So that way I could get uh, a nice group together like I, I'm really nerdy about jiu-jitsu like I really like seeing different points of view on technique and um, and working out new things in fact since I've been here I, I invented a new move that's never been <laughs> seen before so I'm going to release um, an instructional on that hopefully in the next couple of weeks it's a submission too so it's um, Will be on your uh, BJJ breakdown. Yes, so yeah, it'll be YouTube on the, channel. the YouTube channel for BJJ breakdown. We'll definitely send it to uh, to us when, once you release it, and we'll help promote it. Oh, thanks. No, it, and help I get the word out on that. So yeah, so it, I mean, it's good. I've uh, I, I, t- I took it to Cabrinha's for a little while and tried to work on it there to see if it was legit. And it seems like everything's pretty much good. I've, I've tried to like work through all of the positives and negatives of it, but but that type of thing was only possible from having my own place. Um, I mean, technically, maybe I could have done it at Cabrinha's because he allows open mat most of the day where you can go in and drill with a partner, but then you need a partner and you need someone that you're comfortable with that's open-minded to let you, like, try stuff and, uh, you know, having your own place 
you can just do that, like grab one of your students and say, we're gonna work on this thing. So um, it's, for me, that was really important because I like that stuff. Like I, I think, I like to think about it in, um, I don't know, like I, I think about jujitsu like all the time, even though that's all I do. Uh, and so like I try to like think through the techniques because it's like a puzzle and I, I think that's really fun. Um, which probably sounds really boring. But. No, no. The reason we had you on here is because we know there's a lot of people out there in the jiu-jitsu community who were exactly in the position you were. Maybe they taught an evening class, a beginner's class, the afternoon class, but yet they were working full-time in a job that just lacked passion, and they're wondering, what, what does it take to open up my own academy? What do, how much will it cost? What do I need to do? What are the steps? And that's why we want you on here, because I think it's really exciting that you're doing this, and I think a lot of people want to know from a different perspective of what it would take to open up their own academy, and possibly by what you're saying, will inspire other people to take that major step and branch out, talk to their coach, and say, hey, can I open up an academy 10 miles from our school, where at least plant the seed for the dream down the road. So no, that's so. While you're saying it's boring to me, there's a specific reason we want to speak with you because we find this just entire very exciting that you're branching out, um, taking all the knowledge you learned from all the three different coaches you've trained under, and building your own academy here. Yeah, I know it's um, it's definitely <laughs> it's it is exciting. It's just um, it's scary too. Like I've, I can never had my own <laughs> business before. So I wasn't re- really ready for that, but it's also rewarding and it's fun and um, it's taxing. And I probably did it at maybe not the best time in my life either, because uh, I just had a, a kid mm-hmm. that's five months old now. So uh, it kind of happened like I opened this gym. It was actually in a different location at the same address, though. Uh, maybe like two months after that happened, so. Um, it's just all at once. It was just a lot <laughs> to do. So. so why don't you walk us through your typical day? Because you're still training with Cobrina full-time. What time do you wake up and what's your daily routine? Yeah, it's actually been really hard to make it to Cabrinas since I've opened this place up. But now I'm starting to settle into the groove. So like today I uh, woke up at, I guess it's fairly late for most people, but at like 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could sleep till eight thirty if I want to really hustle and get out the door. With five month old baby, that seems almost impossible. Eight to sleep until eight a.m. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty rough. Um, I think actually, uh, I thought I was like I could have sworn I was nearly about to lose my mind for a little while because I got in this thing where you know there's a there's like a study that was put out that says like if you do anything for about twenty days or something like three weeks. If you do that in a row, then it becomes a habit. And so for about the first month, I was sleeping. My sleep schedule was pretty much like every other day I would sleep. And I would only sleep for about four hours every other day, which is insane. I'm one of those people that needs like eight hours of sleep a night or I feel terrible. So I don't even know how that was possible. But that is probably the closest thing to a schedule I have. So I'm just starting to break that cycle right now. Um, And... It's horrible, horrible, just being sleep deprived all the time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, my my kids actually really pretty good with sleep. I was just in the beginning. I just never had a, had a child that I had to care for or anything. So I was like 
you go in there and check to see if he's breathing, <laughs> you, know, you didn't kill the baby or anything. So, um, yeah, so that's, um, it was just rough initially. And it's still rough, but it's getting, it's starting to get better. So you're up at 8 a.m.? 8 a.m., I've got to be here to teach class at 9.30, um, like on Monday. So that's what I do. And then immediately, class ends like around 11. I've got to run home because we don't have showers here. I'll shower real quick, like really quick, throw my ghee in my bag, and then go down to Cabrini's. So that's what I did today. Train till about 2. Um, and I'll usually eat like a protein bar in between or something. It's, uh, it's really hard to get the proper nutrition. Um, and then be home maybe by 2.30, 2.45, something like that. Try to get food again. And then I just came right here for, you know, we met at 4. So, and then I've got to teach the night class at 7. And I get to see my kid comes home from daycare at around 5.30. So I get to see him from 5.30 to about 6.30 when I have to come back here to teach. Mm-hmm. So I only really get to see him, at least right now, Monday through Thursday, like for an hour or so, which is it was much harder than I thought it was going to be because uh, you, you want to spend time with your, mm-hmm. with your kids. So. What time do you usually get home on a weeknight? Um, I am not good with time management. Like, it's just definitely one of my big weak points that I am constantly working on. It's been much worse lately because of the lack of sleep so now that things are starting to get better I'm actually uh, I'm really focusing on it so I can be much better at it but um, so sometimes like I'll typically I'm pretty good about ending class right on time so it'll be like 9 p.m. Uh, class starts at 7 ends at 9 and then but from there because I like jujitsu so much maybe one of my friends will be here and I'll be like hey can we drill this thing afterwards or we'll just get to talking about something and then uh, by the time I get home, it's maybe 10.30, so uh, it's pretty late already, and I've got to eat, shower, and it just really, I mean, it's just so much back and forth that it, it, it makes your day very long and very busy. And so, uh, also, opening a new gym, you have to do so much to it, and I think because I'm the only person doing any of this, just by myself, that uh, so much stuff is still not finished with it. It's just, I, I don't have a lot of time to do it. How's your uh, significant other? How's she handling uh, your busy work schedule and starting up the business? Um, she's really supportive, but she does not love it, honestly, because I don't really get to have a lot of time with her, at least Monday through Thursday at night. So um, I just don't have a lot of free time. So that is pretty rough, actually. But uh, you know, uh, hopefully that's a temporary thing until I can at least get like an assistant instructor in here and get some more students to, to compensate that. Um, and then I can take maybe like a couple nights off during the week um, or at least like do the early classes so I can be home. Um, of course, I'll be training and teaching in the daytime. But uh, that, that's the goal. So that way I can just have a little bit more of, of a life outside of jujitsu. But um, Right now, it's yeah, it's just real busy and it's a little bit taxing. Um, but as the sleep gets better, it's actually a little more manageable. And how did you find this location? Just for viewers, this is a uh, this is off the side street in North Hollywood. Um, it's a, a pretty non-discreet location. We're surrounded by an air conditioning business and a few auto mechanics. 
and it's really an old school feel to it. It's a really nice brand new Dollamore mats, um, the garage door, um, a very old school jiu-jitsu feel is what one of our mutual friends, Jerry Romero, uh, how he described it to me before I came over here. Um, so how did you find this location and how do you scout out different locations while you're planning out to um, opening the school? Yeah, so I think one thing, like one thing to know for anyone that wants to open up their own gym is like, there's not much money in jujitsu. Like, you, if you love jujitsu, maybe still try to find something else to do for a living because it's really it's it's tough. Um, but there are ways that you can make it work if you're really willing to work hard at it. Um, but it's it's not easy. Uh, so. I, one thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to have kind of like a different approach to the business plan. Like I wanted to have a place that was cheap, like the rent is cheap here. Um, so you don't have a lot of overhead because that's really important. Like if you move to a commercial facility, maybe you're paying 15 grand or more a month for, for just the facility. Like sure, maybe it looks great or whatever, but you better have a ton of students and charge a decent amount per student just to be able to cover your rent. So um, that alone gets pretty rough. And, you know, like I am, like, unless you follow me on YouTube, which, you know, a lot of people do, but maybe they don't live in LA, then unless you see me on YouTube or know me from training around, uh, like you probably, maybe you probably don't know me. And so you maybe look at the belts and be like, oh, well, this guy's a purple belt. Like, how can you have your own gym? You know, and it's definitely tough in an area where you've got like, you know, you got Homulo, you've got uh, Cabrinha. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not that close to here, but you've got like a lot of prestigious people to train with. Um, so like, why, why here, right? So knowing that, not only do I have different ways of making revenue that's not solely reliant on student uh, income, because that can just thinking about it from a conceptual perspective, I, like I, I just didn't want to have to place that burden on them because then if you don't have enough students, like maybe you start to resent your students because you don't, you know, like it's, it's like, well, can't you guys help me get more? So, you know, I, not that I would ever do that, but I don't know like how you would feel if you're like basically your head's underwater, you're upside down financially and you can't get more students in and it's, uh, then maybe you don't love coming here to teach the few students that you have or, or whatever. And it creates like this weird hostile environment. So I didn't want that to be a thing. So I've got other ways that I'm trying to uh, kind of even out the paying for the overhead and making some extra income with, but jujitsu related, just not, not student based, right? So like um, doing things like live streaming tournaments, which is a big reason why I got this uh, facility because I, if you see the YouTube channel, like I do commentate on matches, um, and my friend Rafa Sparza, who runs Verbal Tap Cast, he's going to be co-commentating with me on some matches coming up. We're going to be running like um, some some tournaments here from the gym uh, in the next few months. So, but then you have to. They didn't have a great internet connection here, so I'm paying Time Warner to install one. It's there's a lot of things that go into. Um, running your own gym and especially even if you have a different kind of avenue of attack for to take care of the financial aspect it's it can be rough <laughs> well tell me more about the tournaments uh, 
what do you plan on holding super fights uh, any particular belt levels um? yeah um, it's basically I did a trial run of the tournaments a long time ago I've been thinking about this I've been wanting to run tournaments for a long time I've been wanting my own school I've been wanting a lot of these things for a very very long time like much longer than you would think I actually had the idea for a submission only tournament um, before Metamorris before before the first Metamorris before um, the Lloyd Irvin uh, Kumite Kumite yeah and and I, probably about maybe like six months to a year before that I'm like no one's doing this I started doing my commentary I think there's something there I think you could do this and really you know part of the reason it's so hard to make money in jiu-jitsu is that it's just not that popular it's not that popular because it's such a technical sport that the casual viewer is just going to be like ah it's some guy's hugging on the ground in pajamas it, it just doesn't make any sense there's no context so um by providing hopefully good commentary um, that's also entertaining and accessible, uh, you can draw in the casual viewer and make the sport bigger. It's just you you need something like that in such a technical sport. If you don't train, there's a lot of people that train, there's a lot of people that don't train, it's just not gonna make any sense to you, it's not gonna be exciting. Especially in the gi, where there's all the friction of the gi and the grips, and it can be very bogged down unless you know the technical side of it. And then it's interesting, but unless you're there, even as a, a blue belt, maybe you might not know exactly what's going on in a high-level black belt match. Um, but if someone can explain it to you easily uh, and, and make it kind of fun, then then you probably would enjoy watching that. So, um, getting more eyes on the sport, I think, is important just so we can get more money into it because as you know there's not many athletes that get paid other than just having their school like they don't get paid for competitions or if they do it's very uh, it's not enough to live on yeah 500 bucks here and there yeah, it's crazy so and uh, also some amazing athletes and amazing technical masters are in jujitsu and it's just a shame that uh, there's no it's just not as popular as it is where they're actually being compensated for what they're doing. So, so will it be black belt levels submission? Uh, so the one that I, I did a trial run, it's on my YouTube channel, I think, with uh, one of my other friends that's a comedian, and uh, we commentated on this tournament, and I did a winner-take-all blue belt tournament. But I've also been in contact with some of my other friends that are at different gyms, so I'll probably start it out initially, um, and I'm talking to sponsors right now too to help get some money into it as well. Um, to, but all prize money, like I'm, I'm pretty much trying to get money, uh, income from me from like the views, or maybe eventually I'll charge like a you know a dollar or two dollars a ticket to watch, you know, because it'd be just like a pay per view, but very inexpensive, um, just to keep it going. Uh, but then that way we can have prize money for the competitors and it will be probably most likely like brown belt level to start and then later on uh, I've already got some black belts uh, that have said that okay we'll do this maybe we'll do a super fight um, but I would feel weird about having them come into a super fight unless I had a little bit more of an established thing going where I had some sponsors that could really put in some good money for them because they deserve it, you know. Uh, so that's the goal. But um, 
hopefully that would be something that, that takes off and gets more people into jujitsu, and at least it gets more people, more casual people to watch it. Yeah, and it also market your academy as well. True, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was, the Breakdown Academy HQ. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it's like an office. The idea was like having an office and a gym and, you know, just have a, a, a bunch of different avenues of how I can make money from this without necessarily having to just get it from students. So, um, But, yeah, also I want to further the sport that's like a huge thing for me. I hate that these incredible competitors aren't getting paid for what they do or aren't getting paid well. Um, it's just criminal. Uh, so hopefully <laughs> I can, they can help out with that a little bit. Going back to the location, why North Hollywood? Uh, so I have a friend that has a small business or had a small business, and he had to rent out in little industrial complexes for his business. Um, it's just kind of all over the valley, mm-hmm. and he's been everywhere. And uh, I'd always talk to him about it because I was interested, like, well, a place like this, I could throw some mats in here or something. Um, what does this cost? And looking up price per square foot, uh, these are just, they make so much sense financially. You can really get uh, low overhead, um, even though it's LA, which is expensive. Like if I was looking in San Diego the other day and some of their commercial places were like the same square price per square foot as like some, this cheap industrial place. Uh, which is nuts to me, but um, so it's very expensive here. But even for LA, it's not too bad, right? Like uh, as long as you're not like paying thousands and thousands every month when you're trying to build up a student base, so you're not like so anxious about getting more people in and, and uh, let the uh, nerves overwhelm you. Um, that, that I always thought that that was a better business plan, especially if you weren't like a big name already. You know, like if you're a Cabrinha or a Hamulo. You, you won the worlds, everyone knows you, people will travel from San Diego to train with you, even, you know, like multiple times a week or whatever, uh, travel from all over the world just to take a seminar or just to stop by your gym, but uh, obviously I do not have that type of a name, so um, I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable getting a place that was in like a, a commercial area that was very expensive, so uh, my friend help me scout out some places and it used to be really easy to get places like this but uh, just over the last couple of years it's very difficult um, I wanted a place over by Van Eyes initially but uh, it, it was slim picking so I had to go with the first place that I really found after quite a few months of looking and this this was it so. because the way you're describing this I don't know if you ever read the book The Lean Startup mm, no. it, it's almost a case where you keep the overhead low when you're initially starting and it, it gives you the free you don't fully invest into it and it allows you to build slowly and experiment and test while keeping while not overly investing in it where getting in above your head yeah. so it seems like you're following that model which is keep the overhead low build your name you seem to have attracted students to your school and you've had some goodwill and from your previous affiliations and you're networking in the jiu-jitsu community and just build that up um, while keeping the cost down. We're leveraging that. Yeah, no, that's definitely the idea. I, I think there was, I don't know if you remember if, if you are doing jiu-jitsu back then, it was a long time ago, but uh, there was some company, oh, I can't, I think they were a Brazilian company, and I was at the Nogi Worlds, maybe it was like the first Nogi Worlds, 
something like that where they had a rash guard. I can't even remember the name of it, but they were they sponsored like every athlete. Like everyone had this this rash guard. And I was like, wow, this company is it's they're big time fancy, you know, like it really to, to have that kind of money to pay everyone to wear their rash guard, crazy. Um, you know, they bled money like it was just such a bad investment. Like I think the next year they were out of business. So it, everyone had these rash guards then that they were sponsored by and the, the company didn't even exist and stuff like that. Just, uh, it's like people are very ambitious. They want to do it perfect the first time and they want to spend a ton of money. And it's just, a it seems like such a bad business plan to me that, um, you know, like, I mean, maybe like, yes, it's taken way longer because I'm the only person working on it here. And I, put in so many hours and started it up uh, on the cheap so I could only put my money into things that were really important to me like initially at least like the mats really important I wanted really good mats um, and those are expensive and then uh, there's so much that goes into it it's like uh, like I think one thing I was just the other day I stopped, I had to stop, I was at my computer, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, what is my life right now? Like, I have spent the last three hours on Pinterest, like, I, I should be ashamed as a, as a man. <laughs> what were you doing on Pinterest? I Well, so, you have to, so I've had to learn about web design, I've redoing, been redoing the website forever, but it's just slow going, because I'm not a web design person, but uh, you also have to be like, if you can't pay ten thousand dollars for somebody to come in and remodel your place then you got to do it yourself so i've got to learn about interior design and i've got to like start collecting things that i i feel like are a certain look that i that i think goes with the the facility or that you want to uh, convey to people when they first walk in uh but it's slow going because you've got to learn this whole skill set before you can do any of that um, so uh, it's it's why things take so long. But uh, at least I'm not paying so much money initially with having a lot of overhead. So I'm not sitting there like worried about it constantly. And you went through this with Sean Williams. He when he first opened Five Star Martial Arts, it was just a bunch of mats in an office building room, right? Yeah, they did. Uh, they did quite a bit to that place like eventually it, it, I mean it, I think it looks great now like they they did so much but yeah initially it was I mean I put the mats in there then they probably changed the mats by now but maybe they're the same mats I don't know they're, they were nice mats um, but I remember sitting there like all day long installing those zebra mats and um, you know it was just uh, it's just what you do but they didn't have much else but um, you know they were in they're in a commercial building which I would assume is also Fairly expensive, but he also has, uh, I think, Spezzano, John Spezzano, who's with him, that I think they're business partners. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but um, I'm assuming, like, like I don't have any of that. So I, I don't have any previous savings from my old gym, because I didn't have an old gym. Um, don't have any investors, so it's just me. So uh, it's just a lot of work, and I try to just keep it... Uh, keep my purchases to things that are really, really important that I need. So as anxious as it is and, you know, anything worth having is going to be difficult and at times scary and you're going to ask yourself, why I do this to myself? But at the same time, has it been rewarding though thus far? It has. It has. Um, I've seen a couple of my students. Uh, I have one of my students, especially, he's a friend of mine. 
Um, and he's good. He's been training a long time, and he's really good. And since I've had more time with him, um, I've seen him. He's improved quite a bit. And that's, I mean, he's arguably, like, around my same level. He just hasn't had the amount of time to train lately that I do now. You know, I just train all the time. So um, being able to help someone like that that's even close to your level to, and you watch them become that much better, like, so rewarding. I, I can't. I can't even imagine uh, doing something like this if, if I didn't have that type of thing that I was getting from it. So, um, at least I have those things to to really kind of validate why I'm doing everything. Um, yeah, and it's just like one of the things you always hear in jujitsu is it's a journey. It's not something that happens and immediately everything takes time. And right now you got beautiful mats. You have a great space. And you have students that are coming to your class and um, helping build up your business. And speaking of mats, one of the questions um, we did receive, because I did post this online uh, to solicit questions, is how do you choose your mats? Because you purchased Dollamore. What made you choose Dollamore over uh, Zebra or some of the other mats out there? Well, so I've had puzzle mats. I have a stack of them right right over there. Um, I taught at places that have puzzle mats and they're just not great mats they're the you know your knees will ache if you do any kind of takedowns like uh, it gets a little dicey um and they're just not fun to train on um big gaps in them uh, if one of the parts breaks off then it creates a hole maybe a toe can get stuck in there it's it's not great um zebra mats the the you know, the one meter by two meter, mm-hmm. kind of like a brick, basically. Uh, those mats are really expensive, really expensive. Um, and they're great mats, though. I think they're they're fantastic. Uh, but having to install them, like, at Five Star with Sean Williams, when, when they started that new gym, um, installing them is a pain in the butt. Like, it doesn't matter how tightly you pack those mats, and it, that's not on Zebra or anything. Anyone that makes those mats, I think Dolomir makes those types of mats too, the, the one meter by two meter ones. Um, you install them, and you pack them in as tight as possible, and when all is said and done, and it takes a long time, and some of them have like a little bit of a variance, so instead of one meter by two meter, like maybe a different color of them is like one meter by two meter and an inch or something. And so it starts to offset everything. You just try to shove it in there as best you can. Um, and then when you're done, there's like four gaps that are humongous and then you have to do it all over again and it takes forever and it's a pain in the butt and you have to constantly um, monitor that until, until everything starts to settle. And then you don't have to worry about it so much. But then there's the line that's in between each one that's just going to be there usually it's pretty safe like you don't you know after you get it all sorted and they're not spreading apart anymore you have to worry about toes or anything like that getting caught in but once you clean the mats um liquid will get below them and can create mold so you'll have to pull up some of the mats every once in a while like maybe every few months um clean underneath those and it's just not as hygienic as i wanted and they're the most expensive type so uh, I wanted something that would be seamless. Like I, I didn't want like a bunch of little seams where stuff could get underneath them. I wanted really soft mats where I could do a lot of takedowns because I think that's really important. Um, and I wanted the best uh, price, uh, you know, the best price for for what you get. 
So like um, uh, the Dolomir ones, I've trained on them a couple of times before, never the these really thick two-inch ones. Um, but I was talking to my friend Marcel Lozano, who owns a gym in, where is that, Costa Mesa? Yeah, it's Costa Mesa. Uh, his gym's great, too, by the way. If you're ever down there, it's awesome. That guy What's the name of the gym? Ridiculous. His gym is Marcel Lozano's, oh man, he's going to kill me. <laughs> is it a the, Phenom gym, too? No, or? it's not a Phenom gym. It's, it's Marcel Lozano's something gym, I don't know, but it's under his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's just off the 405, I think. But um, he is, I mean, that's a guy that does not get a lot of press anymore. And rolling with a lot of top people and rolling with him, I'm just like, wow, how is this guy not more popular? I think it's just, um, he's just one of those guys, he's so nice and so, like, wears his heart on his sleeve. And he'll just say whatever he thinks is the right thing, you know, like the... In, in the real world, like what's right, as opposed to like maybe what you should say. Um, so I think people are kind of like uh, maybe not the happiest with him or something. But um, but he's super nice. Like he's a great guy. Um, he's just like sometimes I guess some people will disagree with him, and because of that, he uh, it's just shocking to me. That guy is like maybe one of the best people I've ever trained with. Like that guy went through me like a hot knife through butter. Like, I, it wasn't even, like, a, a, even close to competitive training with him, but uh, he doesn't have, like, his school should be just absolutely packed, but he had these dollar mats, and he is the one that told me about, you can get these, like, these are brand new, they're not used, but you can get them uh, at a reduced rate um, if you watch eBay. So I watched eBay, and I had to get the ones that would fill in the size um, which is took a while to find, but uh, then you, I think they were like a thousand dollars off or something. It was a significant discount, and they're brand new. They're so you didn't buy from distrib- from Dollar you bought them off eBay. But it's from Dollar off eBay. Oh, yeah, because they have like a discount warehouse that's actually a separate, owned by Dollar but it's in a separate facility and it's run by a separate team, and uh, they throw up new mats all the time. And Marcel was like, "Go on there." get those mats because that's what he had and they were awesome um and so i wanted those especially if i could get a, a good rate on them so mm-hmm. and another part of in addition to having the mats is just insurance and also first aid what type of insurance did you have to get as far as liability and how much does that run per year man so that is like a i think there's a common misconception like uh, most people think that that's where you're spending most of your money if you own a martial arts studio, because, oh, you gotta cover like injuries and people suing you and all of that, and it's gonna be so expensive. It's incredibly cheap. It's like, it's super cheap. I pay, I pay probably about $65 a month or something like that. It's so cheap. You just have to get a martial arts insurance. I mean, it scales as you get more students, but it's still cheap. It doesn't get like, you know, like a exponentially more expensive or anything. Um, and yeah, they, that's all they do. That they're professionals at that, and they cover um, if someone gets injured, if someone tries to sue you. Uh, I also have like theft coverage too, so it's all wrapped up in, into one thing, and it covers. It, it also takes care of like what the facility, the management company that owns this facility, what they need out of insurance because they need insurance too. 
Um, so it covers all of those things, and it was very cheap. And I thought for sure it would be like so much money, it would be ridiculous. But that's not even a thing. What's a deductible for that if something does go down? Uh, maybe 500 bucks or oh, something. That's not too yeah, bad. it's not really bad. It's, it's honestly like I was shocked. I thought it would be just ridiculous and you wouldn't get much out of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, <laughs> it was one of the least, one of the things I had to hassle with the least. So. And just to bring this up, you're the jiu jitsu coach for Joey Diaz, who's the 400 pound comedian. <laughs> So do you need a first aid, a defibrillator here, or any other type of first aid equipment just in case? Let me tell you, since I've been with Joey, he is now, I think he might actually be below 300 pounds. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he has lost so much weight, and he has improved so much, it's unreal. Like, it's a guy that never did jiu-jitsu before, came to me, he was very out of shape at the time, um, and, uh, you know... Anything was was tough for him, jujitsu wise, where you have to, especially you have to stand up, and get down on the, on the mat, stand back up, or get on your knees, move around a lot. Um, you know, like st- those things were tough for him. And now to watch, I mean, just uh, had a class with him this morning, and just to watch him move and to see how much he knows about the game in general. Like I'll start, oh, well, I'm going to bring my shin in front of his hip from half guard, so it's the Z guard. And to watch him start to smash my knees together and, like, just understand every aspect and be able to do it right away. It was just like, wow. Like, you just, you come so, so far in such a short amount of time. And to be able to move and, and keep up with it and watch him lose all this weight, it's awesome. Like, I think that's, that's fantastic for me. Because he's got a, a, a kid as well that's pretty young, I think two or something. And, uh, and he's just a... One of the best human beings I think I've ever known. Like he's really like I know he comes off maybe a little harsh in his stand-up <laughs> comedy or whatever. Yeah. And maybe you wouldn't think that, but in like real life, you know him. Like he he has like no ego, and he is just so nice and supportive. And he's just one of those guys that is just a real stand-up guy. And uh, I want to make sure there's more people like that in the world. So I want to keep him healthy and around for as long as possible. So um, that. Is, is awesome for me to see. But um, going back to the initial point, uh, do you have to have any first aid equipment, like a defibrillator or anything else in here? Um, you know, like you want to have ice packs, which I actually, I just have uh, a big first aid thing that I just ordered is coming in the mail right now mm-hmm. uh, that has all that stuff where you can break them open because uh, I haven't moved the fridge and all that stuff in here yet but um i mean it's a good idea like you know like i've had my eye cut open and in, in uh, my eyelid cut open in jujitsu it's real common just from like a, a random knee or elbow um you know i i broke my nose i i broke my ankle once at a yeah like a hairline fracture uh, but i was on crutches for weeks it was terrible um uh, I mean, so many little things. That you, you know, your fingers like you can barely close a fist after a while, and it's it's uh, you, you get a lot of bumps and bruises, and you need something where you can help people. At least like some ice or something like that. If somebody gets some like terrible bursitis or hematoma, um, but I mean, in general, like you're gonna get anything really important done at a hospital. Like I'm not gonna be sitting here 
you know, uh, giving somebody an electro yeah. <laughs> that pulses or something to bring them back. I'm going to call the ambulance and get them over. So you just hope that nothing like that ever what happens. What about CPR so certification? Did you have to get any CPR certification from your past uh, coaching jobs? No, I never had to have anything like that. I personally do have that. Um, when It's always a good idea to have, especially if you have a kid too, like if they yeah. offer classes. So I recently went through like the infant one as well, but, um, but I've had that in the past and uh, I've had it not so long ago as well. Um, so that's just something that I had always. I think it's a good thing to know. You never know if somebody keels over you to be able to yeah. help them. And it's most likely to happen to someone like me, so <laughs> I, I would prefer if you had that. <laughs> so you're just talking about kids. Do you, um, do you plan on having a kids program, or do you currently have one, or is it just primarily adults right now? Because um, talking to Kit before, Kit Canaria, the owner of Jiu-Jitsu Tops, he also works at Home Lows, and he was uh, telling me just how much of a money maker the kids program is for many schools, and you know, from your experience at um, your previous coaching jobs, um, kids can make up a good chunk of the revenue. Yeah, I think, um, like, honestly, it, it worries me a little bit when I see competitive gyms like Homulos or uh, Cabrinhas or something like that where they're making all of their money on competitors. But, uh, I mean, I think Homulus, too, probably, and Cabrinhas, they, they now have a good kids program, and they're starting to diversify a little bit because, you know, like, you can only be a top competitor for so long. Even if it's a decade or more, that's, it's going to end. And then if that's the way that people know you, you know, if new people are joining gyms, if there's, like, somebody that's a current world champion moves into your area, like, how do you get more people to come to you instead of them like the, I, I would think most people would go to them because that's who they know that's currently active in the competition scene even if they're not a good teacher or whatever but uh, I think that's just a hard way to make your money but kids from what I've heard is a, a great business um, really helps a lot of gyms and at five star I was supposed to teach the kids class for a while and I had to kind of shadow um, the guy who was teaching the kids class and he was so good with kids it was unreal um, I'm not sure if he's still there, Chlorel? Or? Yeah, Chlorel's now, a, I think he's a pretty big-time Hollywood stuntman. Oh, okay. He's, he was Jaden Smith's um, stuntman for After Earth, I think. That okay. one movie, Will and uh, Jaden did together. I think he's gotten some gigs since then. Oh, good for him. He was mm-hmm. he was always really good at Capoeira, and he moved well. But he, he taught the kids' class, like, I mean, like... I was never a big fan of, like, hanging out with a bunch of kids. It's just, uh, you know, like, with adults, you tell them to do something. If they don't do it, you can just, like, well, okay, well, when we train, like, I would go knee on belly really hard on you. Or, you know, not that I would do that. But, you know, like, there's that level of, like, well, I better do what the instructor's asking me. But with kids, there's nothing like that. It's, like, all bets are off. Just, you tell them to do something, and if they say no, then it's, like, well... (laughs) Please, yeah. like I, I don't know. It's like this different level, um, and I find that terrifying, honestly. Um, so, after watching Clarell do that for a month and do it so well, uh, it's nothing that I particularly want to do. But I will definitely, I think, out of necessity, have to have someone here that's good with kids 
that I trust that knows jujitsu well and can teach them well. Um, I know how to teach them. I just don't know if I would have the patience to teach a group of kids. But uh, I will definitely eventually have a kids class here. And we talked a lot, a little bit about your programs and location. And, but what about just the overall culture of your gym? What is the feel and vibe that, if you could describe it in three words, you're trying to build here at Breakdown Academy? Three words. Let's see. Fun. Learning and competitive. I don't know. Yeah. Be, be, well, the learning. Like when I think of John Evans, though, and I think about the whole break, your whole breakdown page on YouTube. I think about a technician, like, and that goes alongside the learning that you're going to get great technical coaching and um, learn about the uh, learn from a guy that's learned from three of the best coaches in the world. Yeah. So that those are just two things right there. I just think of you, like I've spoken with uh, some of the guys from Sean Williams' program that came up with you there. They're very complimentary. John Evans is a technician. Oh, so. Great. No, I, I mean, that's definitely like the focus here is really about mm-hmm. like maybe, maybe you're an advanced jiu-jitsu guy or you're just really need to learn the basics really well or just figure out jiu-jitsu as a whole. And... I think from here, like, we'll really focus on everything, and I love questions, and I love talking about the theory of it, so it's like, well, why do you do this? Well, because it leads to this. Well, why does that happen? Well, because you can get swept from there, and so you have to make sure you have this path of where you shut these things down, so that that way it leads to this body positioning when you pass. Mm -hmm. So, like, those types of things, like, I love that, and I like the innovation and learning new things and looking at like what the top guys are doing and looking at what's working. Like maybe one guy beat like, uh, you know, like that kid, uh, Mikey Musumeci. Yeah, Tammy's little brother. Yes, Tammy's little brother. Uh, I think it maybe it was even his first black belt competition and he beat the, the yeah. meow. I mean, it's crazy, but so, but that's rare. But, you know, things like that are really exciting. It's like, well, what did this guy do? I'm like, let's go back and look through and see. And I'll, like, uh, actually, eventually, I'm going to get either a projector or a TV. I'm not sure. Yeah, there. Dan Lucart has a big TV, and then he'll break down film and then have his guys drill and his breakdown of the film. Exactly. And so, and I'll be watching the techniques. Uh, in fact, something that I've been working on a lot lately, I saw because I was watching a couple of competitions, and I saw that someone was doing something that it looked pretty interesting. I'd never actually drilled this particular entry into the way that they, they got to work. And um, I started playing with it and I realized I'm like, they're doing something very particular. It looked like it was, um, it looked like it was uh, something they drilled a lot and I'd never seen it before. And so then I just went on like a research mission until I figured out what it was that was going on. And then it's like, okay, got this like now let's run with it because it's still pretty new so let's see what else we can get out of this and maybe push the technique even further to something that no one's ever done so um, I think there's so much of that that uh, so much stuff in jujitsu I know a lot of it's been done before in like old judo books you can see like go applaud us and stuff like that Um, but there's still so much of it that is just uncharted territory and uh, I think now is like a really exciting time to be in jujitsu because uh, so many more people are into it, and so many more people are uh, have a very like progressive way of thinking about it. So um, that's the type of thing that I really like 
for this school. Like you, you come here and nerd up, nerd out about technique and um, really talk about the theory of it. And make sure that we drill a lot and get our bodies to move certain ways to uh, incorporate some of the newer techniques and stuff like that. And learn also the old techniques because uh, a lot of those are still fantastic. Um, and yeah, that's 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 probably the biggest thing for here. Like if you really want to learn jujitsu um, and like really know a broad spectrum of it and be able to watch like a competition and know everything that's going on um, then like here's this would be a good place to do it because that's that's the type of thing that I like I like to have all my students have a high level of knowledge about what's going on in the game even if you you know if somebody's beating you to the punch like at least you know how you're getting beat right so because when you don't know then how are you going to correct any of uh, any of the holes in your game and just to shift a little bit, um, now you're talking about teaching students, but how about growing and just building the student base? Um, we talked a little bit about the positioning already. Um, how, how again are you going to stand out? Because there are a number of, not just jiu-jitsu schools, but martial arts schools. So if you drive down North Hollywood and Violin, Lancashire, um, there are a number of schools right around here. How do you compete with them for the students? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question that I'm also in the progress of the, uh, process of figuring out. Um, I mean, part of it, of course, this was all supposed to be up and running by now, but then they didn't have the internet here, so it was, it's taking a little longer mm -hmm. while it's being installed. Um, but part of it was just to promote through um, the, the website and the YouTube channel and then also with the tournaments and everything, like really get the name out there. And when people see, you know, like, like maybe they'll they'll see somebody that knows what they're talking about, that's good at, um, has a certain level of proficiency. And if you're lacking that for, you know, in your jujitsu training, or if you haven't found a person that really gels with the way that you think, then, you know, they might see that and then be like, okay, I need to find this guy because he'll, he'll, I know for a fact that he will set me down the right path. And I think that's honestly much harder than it seems, especially if you're outside of California or outside of New York or Brazil. You know, it's like much harder to find um, people that really teach in the style that you can, uh, you can relate to. So, but here it's a, you know, there's so many good people here between here, San Francisco, San Diego, you know, like it's, really uh you've got so many options if you're willing to especially if you're willing to move maybe a few cities away um but uh yeah i mean if if people see and they like they see what i'm doing they like what i'm doing then hopefully that will be one avenue of marketing that i won't have to worry about because it's tough it's tough to differentiate yourself especially when there's so many good teachers out here and right now you're strictly jujitsu, but do you plan on Integrating yoga, CrossFit, or um, karate, using your karate background into the program to utilize the free time in the space in your yeah. academy. Right now, we actually already we have a yoga class at least in temporarily. I think it's for the semi long term, um, but uh, haven't really worked out the details. But so far, it happens every Saturday, just one day a week. It's free if you're already a member. Um, so it's for yoga, <laughs> you know, it's a, mm -hmm. it, you, uh, we have a teacher here that's, uh, I guess, certified through Core Power, which is a 
popular yoga facility and she teaches and I before I hurt my shoulder um, I took I'd never really taken much yoga before but I knew it was great for jujitsu and I took the class and man it was much more of a workout than I thought it was going to be but uh, also because it was a bunch of jujitsu guys that were already in good shape and could move their bodies well we were doing some pretty advanced stuff like uh, you know handstands or you know it uh, I forget what they're called like the crow into the handstand or whatever stuff like that which you normally wouldn't get at like a day one yoga uh, lessons at some random yoga place so um, but then there's also a lot of uh, really really beginner based stuff too because we're beginners and um, it was a great workout and I felt like honestly like it really helped my back at the time um, but so we're going to do that. I really want a striking coach in here because I did a few years of striking and I miss it so much. Uh, and I want to have a little bit of MMA because I, I like that. And I think that's important too. Um, and I like strength and conditioning. Like ideally down the line, I'd like to have a strength and conditioning coach. And in the interim, I think I'm going to have um, some Olympic weights here. So we can do some Olympic lifting and uh, also some circuit training, stuff like that, just to get ready for tournaments. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the vision. But uh, until you get there, it's kind of hard to say how it's going to end up exactly. And how do you, um, alongside the marketing, is also just the structure of the contracts for your students. How is it, do you have month-to-month, year-long contracts, six-month contracts, where is everything pretty customizable since you're still new? Yeah, you know, I, I it's probably smart to do contracts, but I always hated them as a student. Like, I think that's, like, I understand. Like, you, as a gym owner, you do need a reliable source of income that you can trust to know that's, that's coming in coming in so you can make sure that you pay your rent every month right like that's that's pretty important um and i understand that and i think that's probably business-wise the smartest thing to do is just to do contracts so that way you don't have to worry about like you know i have this many students i know they're being charged this much a month this much a month uh and they sign that contract for six months or a year or whatever like i don't have to worry about this x amount of money for this long you know, and as more students come in, you just like add to that. So that's really smart, I think. But uh, I just hate them so much that what I'll do is I'll just like in, uh, give incentives. So it'll be maybe like right now it's like a discounted rate to join. Um, if you'll uh, you'll get the discounted rate for a full year, and if you don't pay for whatever reason, if you decide to leave or whatever, that's totally fine. But then if you come back, then you have to pay the higher normal rate. So you don't, you, you'll lose the discount basically. So I think stuff like that would be, for me, that's a better way to do it because I really dislike contracts. Um, but then it gets a little dicey because if someone, they can just leave at any time and you know, that's, uh, it can be rough. And the, the big thing too, is you want to really keep people for, two to three months at least if they're brand new because it's so hard to wrap your head around jiu-jitsu that uh, a lot of people just kind of give up. It's like, that's ah, not for me, but they don't give it a, a fair shake. Uh, so it kind of does them a disservice too. Um, but uh, I really don't have anything for that right now. Maybe I will implement something. you have automated payments? Um, not yet. 
uh, I'm right now I'm just doing payments through PayPal, mm -hmm. which that's a whole like weird thing is like, how do you get your payments? Like I actually have a card reader through PayPal that I can mm -hmm. send a credit card. Uh, they can send me money through PayPal and I just have, I just keep um, all my documents on like a spreadsheet and I, mm -hmm. I can just figure it out. Um, but I know like uh, for a lot of gym owners, like receiving money from the students is a much bigger concern than you would think it would be. Um, like a lot of people maybe don't pay on time or, you know, like just simply will forget to pay you or whatever. And then you have to, you know, like I just want to come and teach, but now I've got to be the guy that like makes sure that all the money's coming in and maybe it sounds like you're harassing them or scolding them or something like that. And that's just, I, I don't like that whole thing. So I try to just be very cut and dry and very upfront about it and like be very fair mm -hmm. and just, uh, you know, like you just can't, I, I think if you let people go too far with that, like it can really get out of hand quick yeah. and you can end up creating a bad environment for yourself. Um, so, and you have to not be emotional about it at all because it could be like really like, you know, you put all this work into somebody and then they like can't even pay you like some discount rate for the, the monthly and then that feels terrible. So you get this whole thing that's just unnecessary. So. Um, I'm currently, because I'm redoing the website, I'm going to start using, I um, can't remember the name of it, there's a software, it's also actually very cheap as well, but every gym, pretty much that you can Mind think body. Of, yeah, mind body, there yeah. you go. Uh, like Cabrinha's, I think, uses that. Uh, Core Power Yoga probably uses that. I think they do use that. Um, like, maybe 24-hour fitness uses that. Like, tons of places use it, and they have automated payments and everything, you can do it through them. So um, the PayPal thing was just a temporary thing uh, while I had that set up, so, but I'm still setting it up. So eventually, probably in the next month or so, we will have all of those things. So it's much easier now to do that than if you started a business maybe 10 years ago or, yeah. or 15 years ago. At that point, then you're chasing people down. Yeah, right? <laughs> Get them to mail in a check or something. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And you talked about your website. Um, What's the process for developing your website, and how's the your online marketing and uh, search engine marketing strategy going? Uh, <laughs> because well, that's a big differentiator. It's, in, uh, it's huge. It's huge. Getting um, your name to the top and getting in, into the uh, consumer marketplace's uh, set of potential options. Yeah, the whole SEO thing, the search engine optimization. Um, you know, like that's like a whole thing unto itself that if you're a big company you would just pay somebody to go do and it's probably the best way to do it honestly but because I'm not I'm just doing it myself um, so I'm just using WordPress uh, at least nowadays like that's way easier I know some people will even use like one of those auto editing web pages for like uh, like Wix or for uh, was it for no not Foursquare that's a social Squarespace Squarespace there you go um, stuff like that, uh, even some like pretty decent sized companies will use things like that surprisingly so um, and they work fine. Um, but I'm just using WordPress and just trying to like customize it as best as I can, make it look clean I think is really important because you don't want like, a bunch of convoluted crap on there and uh, automated and easy because mine I actually have to post my YouTube. Uh, stuff videos to it so even though I've been on hiatus from that um, 
I remember on the old website, like having to post a YouTube video on, on YouTube and then post it on my website and then post it to my Facebook page, like all of those things. It starts to get like, you start to not, you'll leave some of them out or you put it off because it's just so much every time you just want to upload a video. <coughs> So now you're just going to post it on YouTube, but then embed it onto all of it. The yeah, there's, there's now there's plugins that are just yeah. automatically posted, so it's so much easier, um, especially if you have the time to really like look through and figure it out. So that's a lot of, I guess, uh, what I'll be doing for the website. Um, it's pretty much it's mostly done at this point, so it should be live pretty soon. But um, it's also supposed to have like a lot of SEO stuff with the website like you you can use a lot of like keywords and it'll help it uh, bolster the search engine um, number like you know when you yep. search it in Google it'll come to the top more but uh, just registering under Google business which I'd never done before uh, now I just search breakdown Academy just without I don't think I type the breakdown academy in los angeles or anything and i think it's like the number two or three thing on there and i haven't done any search engine optimization so it's kind of yeah well, surprisingly what, already better than i thought what about when they search north hollywood jiu-jitsu where san fernando Valley? i don't know i just recently made like i just yeah. made a yelp page like within the last couple of, like week or week mm -hmm. two weeks ago um so like that stuff's all yeah have you registered on Google, uh, the Google Places or Google Business page? Yes, that, that's what I was saying. Since I've yeah. registered there, it's it makes like a big difference. Now, like, yeah, the BJJ, or BJJ Breakdown or Breakdown Academy both get pretty high on nice. this. So. And that's something every, every owner should do as far as registering with the Yahoo's, the Bing. It's so things. simple, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. They just mail something here, and then it has a code on it, and you just go type it in, and it's pretty simple. So Nice. Yeah. And... Also, right now, um, where, have you talked to your students? Where, where are you getting most of your students from, and how do most of them hear about your academy? Um, so I've kind of done next to no advertising, like really done no advertising. Um, but luckily, I just have some good students here that help me out with that. All, like Rafa Sparza, who's, who runs Verbal Tap podcast, which is a great podcast if you haven't heard it. Uh, but like he'll put out videos because he's one of my students um, and he's a huge pro wrestling fan um, and I was we were talking about pro wrestling moves because I think a lot of people don't realize that it's based on catch wrestling which was like a real like like a lot of those moves are real moves they've just been you know like people don't think that they're real because now they use them for like WWE mm -hmm. or whatever where they don't actually use them properly to, to actually hurt the person um, but uh, so it's showing them how the, a legit high mount escape that I use all the time is to um, where you throw your legs around the person, you'll come out the back door, and then you'll end in a Boston crab. And it's legit. Like I've tapped a lot of people with that, um, but he would not believe it. So I had to like show it to him. And he took video, he put it up on on his website, and you know, uh, linked to Breakdown Academy. Um, so things like that, like luckily I'm getting some free advertisement off of that. But I mean, other than that, I'm just now starting to look into the advertising part, which is like I have a business manager um, that uh, he just, he's a friend of mine too, but he advises me on things and he's like, you just got to like 
focus on advertising only now because it's so important. Otherwise, people won't even know that you're here. So, luckily, people like you will, uh, you know, have me on your on your show, and um, then that gets the word around. But so far, it's just been word of mouth, really. What about you? You're going to host tournaments here. What about open mats? Just community open mats and working with. Uh, some of those other community open mats in the SoCal area. Yeah, um, one thing that I really want to do here, because we definitely have a few girls, even though we don't have a ton of students yet, because it's brand new and it's just been word of mouth, but I, I think we have like three, four, four girls? We have four girls right now, which is kind of a lot in such a male-driven sport. Um, and I have a lot of friends that are girls that train at Cabrinas, and uh, it really bothers me, and I totally understand it, like, especially in America, there's that whole, like, thing that, um, it's very off-putting for women, usually, like, they, you know, it's hard enough for men, like, you don't want to be around a bunch of other sweaty dudes sweating on you, and just, you know, you're, you're in very close proximity, but if you're a woman, it's much more intimidating, I think, it's like, there, there's a lot of contact, and especially, like, nogi, like, girls typically, uh, do jujitsu and they'll just be training the gi only or like it takes them a long time to warm up to training in no gi of course once you've been training for a while you realize that you're just trying to like not get smashed and that's all you really think about when you're training or just doing your technique because you're so into it but uh, it, I think in America it's a, it's a very hard thing to to get around and so I want to have like a like a girls open mat here because like uh, one of my friends Sean Nagami that runs the dream the dream yeah he started doing all-girl tournaments and so I'd coach one of my students then uh, my friend Ani that she went down to it and she was competing and I went down and coached her and my other friend Pamela um, and and Deborah they, they were there and I was coaching them and it was actually like a really cool thing there was a ton of female competitors and they don't really get that type of thing and as you can see on Facebook now, there's a whole uh, push for um, equal pay for female competitors, and I think that's a that's a big deal. They do deserve equal pay, and a lot of times, I mean, Metamorphs is saying <laughs> the whole Metamorphs thing was crazy, but uh, they're saying how they aren't that big of a draw. They don't have exciting fights or whatever. But on that card that was terrible that I went to. Um, that they had, which was uh, the second one, I think it was the second men's one. Oh, was, yeah, you know, Pauly Pavilion. Yeah. It was Crone versus Aoki. Yeah, which was weird, um, and the way that it ended was weird, but whatever, like, um, you know, the Metamorphs, they can be really good, it just, it, it just depends on how the competitors match up, and just like anything else. But uh, that, I think it was Michelle Nicolini, right? This is Dern. Dern. That was like the best match of the whole thing. And it, it's hard to... It's hard to dispute when you see something like that is so much drastically better than the other matches that happened, um, where there's so much more movement. They were both going just just going for the submission, and um, it was really exciting. Like how can how can you not pay them the same? It's just crazy, you know. Or how are people not as interested in that? Also. Just another promotional question. You train under Cobrinas. Are you guys going to be affiliated with Cobrina? Yep. And you know, I was actually I was going to try to talk to him about that today because, uh, like, I don't the, the politics in jujitsu. Not that Cobrina has politics there. It actually is pretty pretty relaxed there. But just in general, like, 
I, I mean, I've tried to stay away from all of that for so long that um, it's kind of a detriment to me at this point because I don't know how some of those things work. And, you know, like uh, people, other students there would be like, oh, so are you going to bring an affiliate? And like, I haven't even asked him about that. I don't know. Is that, do I ask him? Is that like uh, something he asked me type of thing? I was just going to ask him about it today anyway because I would like to be an affiliate for sure. Um, just because, you know, he, that's where I train. He's my instructor. And he's a great guy. He's a great instructor. And, um, you know, as long as I've heard some, with some gyms, like, according to some of my friends that have been a little bit closer to the source on this, um, they say, like, if you affiliate, it doesn't make any financial sense because, yeah, you have the affiliation, you have their logo, but you pay a lot of money and you don't get really anything else other than the logo and the name from it. Um, so I don't know if that's the case or, but I, I actually, I have no idea what it's like, um, from person to person. That's just what I've heard through the grapevine, but I was going to talk to him about it today, but then obviously I had to be here. So yeah, because you wonder, you have to weigh the pros and cons and what the value of the, that logo is. And also, um, who else is associated? Because Fabricio Verdun's training center, Venice is an affiliate. There's that Westside Training Center in Culver City that's yeah, an affiliate. Well, and he, he has a number of affiliates, I believe, in Canada and spread out throughout the U.S. And Yeah. I can't imagine it would be, like, mm-hmm. crazy for his affiliation or anything, but... Um, and you get Alliance mm-hmm. affiliation as well? Yes, yeah, I don't know. Out. Those are all things I that know. I was curious about, if you uh, discuss that with him or and the powers that be at Alliance. And that's weird, too, because I... One reason that I wanted to open this place is because I wanted like um, an affiliation neutral gym too. I want a place like I really do like different styles and um, like I'm not uh, I'm not close minded in the way where it's like well you know people at Alliance do this the best or people at Gracie Baja do this thing the best like you know if they both do it like there's just different ways there's a, a million different ways you can do um, some of the techniques and. Who's to say one's better than the other? Uh, it's just cool to see the different perspectives and kind of like make your own opinion on that if you can really learn them inside and out. Um, so I want to make sure that it would be okay for like someone from like, uh, I don't know, like Coyotera's gym or something to come down and train here and it's not like, no, this is an alliance gym. You can't train here. Well, like that type of thing. So uh, I, I don't know. Like that's that, that whole... Uh, and I don't know what you get from being that. Like, what do you get out of being an Alliance affiliate or a Gracie Baja affiliate? Or, you know, do, is it just a lot of restrictions and then you get the name, but then it's like a, a monthly charge that, that raises your overhead quite a bit? Or or do you get a ton out of that? Maybe they market for you. I don't know. But I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's all a process. And yeah. Right now, how many students do you have? I should have asked you this in the beginning, <laughs> but I'm kind of doing this, you know, half ba- ass backwards. But... Currently, where are you at as far as students go? So just under 20 right now, So mm-hmm. um, it's which is not a lot, but for it's like not really start. advertising, yeah, yeah. and uh, to help pay for the overhead, it's, uh, it's not too bad. Like I'm not, uh, I definitely expected to do not that well for what I have right now. So. But at the same time, like we discussed earlier, um, it's, you're following almost that lean startup model, low overhead. You just switched. You started with the puzzle mats, and now you added the dollar more mats. You're building up your website. You're taking business advice as far as advertising. It's it's all a process, and those would do 
awesome. Um, we talked about everything you've done so far in uh, getting the space, getting the mass, getting the students, um, what type of culture you're trying to build, um, whether to affiliate or not. But what are what's the biggest thing you've learned so far, and what's been the most rewarding part of it, this entire journey over the past few months of opening up your own academy? Uh, so if you're opening up your own academy by yourself with no one else helping you, it's way more work than at least I thought it was going to be. You know, like uh, I think ideally you kind of romanticize it and think like, well, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to teach class and then you just go home and that's it and you're done. But uh, you got to figure out billing, you got to figure out um, what's where you're going to spend your money, you got to figure out how to get new students, you have to. Uh, it's just so much goes into it. It's so much. It, it's such like a you have to learn new things all the time, and there's a, a lot of hidden expenses, and it, it can be very frustrating. Um, you have to get permits. You have to have a permit for fire department and the police department, and you have to have uh, you know your tax ID and as a commercial business and. You know, it's just so many little things that, that I never even realized went into running a business that it was a bit of a shock. So um, that that was very surprising to me. But uh, like I said before, seeing people get better at jujitsu and enjoying it, um, and a couple of uh, the people that I teach are, are people that have trained other places. Some of them trained longer than I have, and to see them like. They, they just don't like jujitsu. They're not into it anymore. And they'll come here and they'll train. And it's like they have this renewed, they're like uh, excited about learning this new variation of a footlock or something. And um, just to see that they're happy and they start coming to class more often, even though they've been training forever, it's um, that type of reward you get from seeing that is just, I mean, that it kind of makes it all worth it as long as you can still pay your bills at the end of the day, all right? <laughs> And I know this kind of your website and the academy you're still building up. It's like the Death Star, Return of the Jedi, still. But yes. how would people reach out to you if they want to come in and take a take a class, check out your academy, uh, take a yoga class, uh, or just hang out with you and Joey Diaz? How would they reach you? Um, yeah, so you can just uh, send me an email. It's just John at BJJBreakdown.com, and um, yeah, I will. Uh, and we have a Facebook page for the students and everything, but it's you know it's it's not uh, public because we post mm -hmm. techniques there and we talk about um, things that we're working on at the gym and uh, it's just for the students. But if you're interested, yeah, um, send me an email and um, I will, uh, or you can look it up on Yelp or Google, I guess. Um, and there's it's got the the address, the business hours for the most part, and um, yeah. I, It'd be great if anyone wants to stop by. Definitely shoot me an email. Um, some of the business hours have changed, or, or um, some of the classes are on demand while there's not so many students, and I, I'm not here all the time because uh, I don't have my computer and the internet here. So I can, because it'll be an office, I'll be here all the time. Um, so until that happens, some of the classes, especially in the morning, are on demand. So I don't want someone to just show up at one of the like scheduled times, and then I wouldn't be here because no one signed up for the class that day. Um, so definitely shoot me an email if you want to check out a new class and you've never been here before. But um, yeah, I, I would take anyone that that wants to come down here and learn about jujitsu for sure. 
Yeah, definitely excited about um, your new academy, and I'm excited to see how it grows and where, where you are in a few months and in a year and how many students you had, and uh, really excited for you. And I know a lot of people out there in the jiu-jitsu community, they, they have the same dream you have, and just listening to you, whether it's they're interested in jiu-jitsu or some other entrepreneurial opportunity, it's inspiring um, because everybody wants to grow, everybody wants to take risks and challenges in their life that will pay off and um, definitely benefit um, not just themselves but other people. And that's the beautiful thing about jiu-jitsu is that you are passing along gift to other people. You're improving their lives. You're, you're saying you're selling jiu-jitsu lessons or teaching, but you're really giving people um, purpose, conf you're selling confidence, you're selling health, and wellness, um, a positive outlook. So I applaud you and I give you a ton of credit for um, going out and starting your own academy. And thank you very much for your time. And oh, well, look forward to you. having you back on. That's well, great. I mean, you guys have been great. And, uh, Really appreciate you having me on. It's 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 awesome. So, thank you. All right, great.